Welcome, listeners, to this week's episode of the Two Point Culture Podcast. It's the boys. You know what I do? What I do, baby? Zach, how are we living, fam? I live in well. Sore from the uh, excruciating workout you put me through yesterday, <laughs> but it feels good. Feels I good. Feel good. Hey, man. Yeah, I do. I like that. I like that. We're we're doing good on this side. Um, we have a very very short, sweet podcast. A just run through really quick. We're gonna get some opinionated topics. Um, and Zach, I'm gonna start with you personally for this one. Okay. This was a question that was posed to me. So take it in its whole. And essentially, we're going to wager your sports fandom. Okay. So we know you very well to be a Lakers fan. Yes. A Colts fan. Okay. So I was presented with the question, if you had the opportunity to fully learn about one team and eviscerate the other's history, therefore only acknowledging one team for the rest of your future going forward as a sports fan, would it be the Lakers or the Colts? I'll take the Colts on this one. Oh, wow. Yes. I have, I have more of a personal connection with the Colts than I do with the Lakers. And it's unfortunately, I mean, I, I enjoyed, I enjoy my times that I had (laughs) watching the Lakers, but if it gets destroyed for the fact that I could, learn more about the Colts and see them grow and win Super Bowls, I'll take it any day of the week. I don't know. I just, I have a more of a, um, I gravitate more towards the NFL than I do the NBA. I'm pretty certain that it sometimes shows more in this podcast. Absolutely. It's the NFL to me right now is the best sports league period. Fair enough. This and just and it's crazy how it maintains that status despite all the shit that's happening around it right now. But you're absolutely right, man. And much like and, you, and yeah, when when I was asked that question, I did choose the Eagles over the Celtics. Not for nothing, too. Like it's great to talk about the Lakers' past history, but for me, the history is history. We're now we're in the present. We're focusing on the future and. <laughs> After LeBron and AD, I don't know what the uh, <laughs> I don't know what the future looks like for the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, your team's not that young over there, so <laughs> no. So I'll take the Colts on this one. I'm curious though. Okay, so why did you go Eagles on this one? So. Basketball was my first love. Yes. And I'll never, ever take anything away from that. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. There's just something that's different. Like when I talk about Philadelphia football, there's an emotion that's evoked in me that never really comes out when I discuss like the NBA. Absolutely. It kind of like taps into something a little bit like personal. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. It just, every time I get the opportunity to discuss that team, like you, you hear it. Like I want to talk about it. I want to, and I have to restrain myself because I'm like, I could do an hour run. No problem. Well, for me, uh, and this is exactly to your point, um, how I weighed this question, I took both sides and I've seen both teams at 
a very low, like at the lowest hmm. they could go, right? Hmm. Both of them. Uh, one was the post-Manning pre-Luck season for the Colts. And then for the Lakers, the transitioning after Kobe, right? Right. I'll say this. I was more devastated and more deeply involved in the Colts losing season than I was mm-hmm. in a Laker losing season. And maybe it's because the NFL is 16 games versus, you know, 82, but those 16 games is just an emotional roller coaster that you can't, it's hard to describe it. Like it, It's not because I can relate to that factor in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, everything is magnified because it's such a short, Season. For sure, the NBA season when you think about it, and like you think of post Kobe, you go through like this very slow, excruciating fucking torture for eighty-two right. games. But you know, by twenty thirty, you're like, okay, this is pretty much sealed. For sixteen games, like anything can happen at any point, man. It's a, it's absolutely the implications are magnified, the gratifications are magnified, the celebration is magnified because it's so short and sweet. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then to your point too, let's look at the upside of that. When you talk about your team's winning, I don't know about you, but winning a Super Bowl, there's not too many feelings that triumph over it as a fan. Listen, and this is one of the rare things that like, and I'm glad we get to do this as the podcast because mm-hmm. um you've experienced something that I got to experience. And even though yours was more relative in a bit of history, mine was like a long shot when it came to the Eagles first Super Bowl and the Celtics last championship. Right. Like to see that in my lifetime, you got to experience both the Colts winning and the Lakers winning repetitively. So, well, not the Colts, but yes, <laughs> we're one I mean, and one. Well, you, you got, you, you're one. Yeah, and but one. I yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I get you got saying. to win a Super Bowl and then get to see the Lakers win, and that the more repetitive was to the Lakers factor on that. Well, sense. yeah, and the fact is, you know, for me, it was more to do with wanting to see Peyton Manning win a championship, right? Like you see, you see a guy who is being considered one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And he finally gets over that hump and he finally is able to hoist the, the Lombardi trophy. You got to feel there's got to be emotion there. It, like I said, it's hard for me to describe it, but you're just overjoyed basically. Winning that Super Bowl might've been like the biggest emotion, no drain that came out of me in the, um, that I felt in watching a game. Like oh, I, got, absolutely. I got hyped when the Celtics won. But mm-hmm. the Eagles, what I fell to my knees, man, I like, cr- like crutched because I was like, I can't believe that this happened. That's it. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Um, I'll give you another example. Like when the Lakers won in the bubble, it's like, great, we won, but like, on to the did, next sport. Did we? <laughs> ah, but it's just like, it's, it's, I mean, it was great. It was great to see. And, you know, I was definitely like happy as a fan, but of course. It was still something where I'm like, okay, cool. Like what's next in terms of like sports, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's I like also, on to the next. I also still thing. sit in that bubble. I know like last year was a weird year for us with um, the coronavirus and COVID-19 and everything happening. Yeah. Still, it wouldn't have been like, that was the year for the Lakers to win because it wouldn't have felt right if anybody won, but the Lakers 
via v kobe yeah yeah i agree so um yeah man that was that was the big question i know i i I surprised you with that a few days ago, but I wanted to get that raw reaction here. So, nope, it was a great question. I, uh, I'm curious too for other fans. Like, if you have to choose between, I don't know, maybe multiple teams that you love, like which one would you race in history? I, I'm curious. Now, if you would have said the Habs <laughs> in this one versus the Colts, I would have been tougher for me to choose. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but we don't talk hockey here, so that's okay. <laughs> no, but you know, maybe one of our <laughs> okay, listeners. All right, all right. But now, to, well, you know, now well, I'm, just, now I'm well. I'll give you some time yeah. to think about it. Like you can yeah. take a minute, but like no, no. But I'm I'm not going to answer that. But what I'm saying is, I'm curious to hear what some other listeners who maybe have two of their favorite teams, but maybe they are. So yeah. yes, basically, what I was saying is, you know, maybe they're not a uh, one of our listeners aren't a fan of the NBA or the NFL, and they maybe prefer another sport. Just curious to know the exact same question if it came up to it and you had to choose the history of one of your favorite franchises versus um how how did you put it basically it was a history you would like eviscerate the other so you would have to exactly. wager your fandom right i'm curious to see what other people have yeah, no, um, please hit us up on socials. This will be a very great posted question. And if nothing else, a great debate just for people to have and actually think about when you get into the thoughts of why you like what you like. For sure. Let's move it along here. We got some NBA talk. So thoughts right now on the NBA season. So struggles. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I was not expecting them to be here like that i didn't think they'd be that present i think the biggest thing for me well if i'm taking anything away from the east right now is maybe a little fall for grace from uh milwaukee sitting at the 10th four and four world world champs not a not a nice return maybe a little maybe a little championship hangover going on right now yeah maybe just a touch they'll get it right as the season progresses i think but uh no not a not a pretty look right now the other thing i'm surprised by the toronto raptors 6 and 3 tied for fourth in the east with the well a game ahead of the nets mm-hmm. uh but actually sorry nope fourth solo in the east my bad um yep yeah no they their draft has seemingly planned out well. Uh, players are playing together. Good ball. And here they said six and three. Very, very impressed. Zach, what are your thoughts so far on the East? Uh, back to what you were saying. I mean, let's talk first about those Raptors. Scotty, Scotty Barnes has been such a key component to that team's success. I know he's missed the last couple of games with a thumb injury, but Man, I was wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to just come out and say it. He's looked so good this season. Well, at least the, the start of the season. He's come out. He's shown a lot of hustle. Um, an annoying defender to, to play against. Rebounding has been phenomenal for such a young guy. He's not scared to go to the dirty areas. And not for nothing, but he's also cut a shot you know he's got a he's got some mid-range game right now the, the raptors are doing quite well without siakam i will admit that 
to your yeah. point, uh, Scotty Barnes, yes, he missed the last two games, but, you know, regular season, a couple of games in, he's averaging 18 points a game, shooting 55% from the field and almost nine boards on average. Like, it's not – it's a pretty good debut for the fourth overall pick considering all things that were said by you there, Zach. I'll take heat for that. I'll take heat for that. But another thing, too, I want to just touch upon is, you know, the – inexperienced raps on paper they've been fun to watch right now this is a young core that i think is their average age is probably around like what 25 26 years old yeah very very young team i think the oldest player on their team should be like by a mile away gorgon Dragic. right you know and there's some players on the raptors that we haven't even seen play yet that are you know like sam decker yep Kaheem Birch, uh, yeah, Keem Birch looks amazing so far as a fit-in. And I like the trade that they made last year. And again, I still like the production that's coming from it for Gary Trent Jr. I'm so I, yep. I, I like the fit in with him in the Raptors. Absolutely. Other teams that have surprised me a bit. I know they've kind of cooled down two losses in a row, but the Knicks starting off that hot again. I didn't expect that. I thought maybe they would struggle a little bit out of the gate, but they've been playing very well and i i gotta talk about the bulls this this bulls team i know they lost last night but wow have they been fun to watch what a team man zach levine might be in mvp considerations when it's all said and done can we call them showtime bulls now or is that oh let's pump the brakes let's pump the brakes Uh, no, uh, Lonzo, Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, all clicking very well. Speaking with storied franchises, not to take anything away from the Bulls because, you know, they're going to push heavy. This They're not going to be pushed around in the East anymore. I think I can probably see them being a top five team by the end of the season. Curious right now, if you were to slot eight teams in, Okay. For your playoffs, early predictions. Who would you have? So I got. I'm keeping the heat there. Okay. Brooklyn, because I think they rebound nicely. Uh, I'll go with. I still think the Bucks come back into it. Mm-hmm. Raptors are going to be the top eight. I don't want to be biased, but actually, no. You know what? I'm going to be biased. Celtics are in the five. <laughs> nice. Celtics are in the five. Uh, I have no problem. Did I say the Knicks yet? Nope. Nope. Knicks. Knicks are up. Uh, Sixers will be there, too. Run out of teams here. You got and the Raptors in. That means no Hawks. I know. And now I'm at the eighth already. So for my last one, hmm. You know what? I've seen enough of this team to be impressed by how they've been built, pushed around, and you know the things that they've escalated. I'm not going with the Charlotte Hornets. I'm going to go with the Washington Wizards. Nice. That's my nice. East, East. How about you? What do you got for us, Zach? I still think the Bucks pull this back and wheel out a first-place victory. Nets number two, Heat three. I'm going to say 76ers four just because I don't know if they could sustain this. Um, I don't think they could sustain this 
way of playing for this long uh, throughout the season. I think they're really relying too much on Embiid right now. Well, I mean, we're going to see what happens with Ben Simmons too. If he comes back, if they do move him for picks. Yeah. I mean, this could be, that could be a make or break for that franchise. Yeah. I have the Bulls at five, Hawks at six. I have the Celtics at seven, and then the New York Knicks squeaking in at the number eight spot. Ooh. Mixtape. I would love to see a Celtics-Nets seven-game series again. Just just to see the growth of, like, Tatum and Brown, just to be like, okay, you know what? We, you know, we... We've been here before. We've seen what you guys have. Like now, now we know what's going on. It would. I, dream I think scenario it would, for me, pretty much. I, personally, like I actually think they would put up a little bit more of a fight than they did last year, if that was the case. Yeah, it would be something to watch for sure, man. I, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I'd be so scared to see them play. Be a nervous one. <laughs> Always is when your team is playing. Let's switch to the Western Conference. Any surprises for you right now, Chase, in the West? Uh, Speaking of fall from grace, the Phoenix Suns not only being 3-3 and right now, but also having their own investigation going on in their organization right now to deal with all the things the Oakland Raiders just – the Las Vegas Raiders, pardon me, have finished dealing with. I don't know. I mean, I think the tension in the air with – DeAndre Ayton not getting that contract is going to affect things. I think, I mean, I want to see Chris Paul and um, Monty Williams do well, but I don't know. I mean, maybe sluggish start. Is this the Phoenix of old? Maybe. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Phoenix. (laughs) You know what the problem is? I actually had them at one point as my number two seed, but the way they (laughs) – the way that they have started has not been promising. And I had to do a little reshuffling on the board in my top eight on this one. But if we're going to talk about teams that have been impressive so far, how about those Warriors? Yeah, uh, six and one, which, you know, I'm sure nobody thought that they would be there again. But hey, um, they only get more help coming into the midway point of the season in January when Clay Thompson returns. And he's been suiting up and, and taking part in shoot-around, too. So yep. this is getting even better for them. Threw a dunk down the other day. Hell yeah. So they're they're going to be back fighting in the top spot for the West shortly, giving people run for their monies. And I still won't bet against Steph Thompson's range. Uh, Clay Thompson's range and Steph Curry's range. Sorry. Steph well, I Curry's feel like if you range, but if you do combine the both Steph of their Thompson. ranges, would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they would. They might shoot like seventy-five percent together. <laughs> I'd be a cheat code, like in a video game, man. Shout out to you know what? I'm going to acknowledge Steph last week because he did something incredible in the first quarter. He went nine for nine and finished with twenty-five points, including actually was six for six for six from three, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Personally, right now, he's the MVP front runner. Yeah. It's in the way early predictions. We'll say that. I think he's really pissed off about last year, not just the, and the year before, you know, the broken hand and then coming back, making that push. 
getting eliminated in that uh, play-in game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Steph has a very big chip on his shoulder and looking at people like, oh, you guys just forget who I am. Uh, another team that I want to highlight here that's on the up that I think they're playing fantastic basketball just because their superstar is ascending into a different stratosphere. John Morant, Grizzlies, five and three. They look good. I saw that 360 layup he did the other day. <laughs> and I, my jaw dropped to the floor. I've never seen anything like that. He's, he's a different athlete, man. It's funny because there's been comparisons to Russ, but like, it's, he's not Russ. It's, it's just, it's a no, weird. No. Like, I think, I think Russ is more raw. Yeah. And he, he's more, um, he's fluent, man. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like jazz handy, handsy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's just he is better finesse is the word I'm yes. looking for. He's a better finesser. Yeah. Um, just a style like that. Because like when we saw Russ would go like pure raw athleticism, like raw anger and how he would throw down like mm-hmm. Jaws just like, no, I can do this from any angle like art. He's got a touch on that ball. We'll say that. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely for sure. Yeah. I, I think he's going to continue to improve. I think he's going to get better as the season goes along. He'll probably be he'll probably be causing a lot of daggers in the hearts of multiple teams throughout this season. And when it's all said and done, he'll officially be the king of the draft class. Do you think this is the year we entertain John Morant into the MVP conversation? I think it starts that conversation, but I okay. don't think it transpires into it. But who knows? I mean, if the Grizzlies pull off something that the Sun, like the Suns or the Jazz did last year, and they finish in one of the, like the one or the two seed, I know it's a bit of a long shot. But if if something like this happens, you might have to look at him as the MVP. Currently, as we stand, Grizzlies, Lakers, Mavs, all tied for third. How does that yeah. feel right now? <laughs> it's too early in the season. Um, Seems like the Lakers are starting to find their stride a little bit too. Yeah. It, when it comes to teams like this, though, that pretty much remake their whole roster, uh, you have to give it a couple of games. I like to see. I like to judge this team probably at the halfway point to see kind of where they're at before, you know, pressing the panic button or not. It started a bit rough, Russ. Oh my god, it started a bit rough with Russ, but it seems to have paid off in the last couple of games we'll see how it goes a team that i want to talk about though that has been as far as i'm concerned a bit disappointing has been the trailblazers yeah uh three and five not a good look they're 11th in the west currently um which usually when we see portland start off like this this is never really a good sign it's like a late playoff push just to make it as they tend to do Mm-hmm. I was curious if you saw the report, though, that came out on Damian Lillard and how much he loves Draymond Green. No, I did not see that. So apparently he's a massive, massive fan, and he kind of wants the Warriors. He wants, I'm sorry, the Trail, Trailblazers to make a push. Okay. So just something to notice and to watch going, you know, as the year goes forward. And if, even if it's not this year, I mean, Draymond's contract's probably going to be up shortly. According to... Lillard, he's got 
but two feet in right now. Yeah. Ten toes, ten toes, <laughs> ten toes in. toes down. Yeah, according to him in, in Portland, but something's got to give there eventually. He's It's either the team's going to say, you know, we got to go a different direction or he's going to have to swallow his pride and say, you know, it's, it's, it's time. It, it's best for me and the organization. If we go separate ways, I don't think the trailblazers make the playoffs this year. Spoiler alert on my top eight. That being said, anything's possible with Dame time. So I'm not counting them out just yet. Fair enough. Only team I'm really counting out right now is the one in eight Pelicans. And I can't, I had to double check to make sure that I read that right, but they are brutal. They're the only team that has almost played 10 games, doesn't have more than one win. I know they're one in six Rockets in the Oklahoma City Thunder are still there, but you know we understand those organizations and the things that they're going through and their growing pains. Also important to remember for the Pelicans, Zion Williamson still not there. And nope. he just had another two to three weeks added onto his uh, timeline. So not great things happening over there in New Orleans. And it's going to come back to the speculation of Zion trying to make the push of probably trying to be a Nick. Just curious. I'm, I'm not going to, I think eventually the Pelicans might start winning some games and they might move out of the cellar. But if you had to choose who's the worst team between the Rockets and the Thunder, who would you put your money on? The Rockets. Yeah, I thought so too. I think, yeah, I think the too. Thunder. I think the Thunder have more upside. I just mm-hmm. think they're really young and lack the right leadership in areas. And they still have to grow. I mean, Shai Gilchrist Alexander is still learning to be a leader. Now he's learning to do that uh, two years removed of Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And that presence mattered to him. That was a big thing for him two years ago. We, He's going to need somebody to lean on to continuously educate him like that. Um, oh, boy. And, oh, nice play. Okay, sorry about that. Yep. Um, but I do think that the ups the, that that the floor is probably higher for the Pelicans organization than it is for the Houston Rockets. I agree. I agree with you on that one. I don't. There's nothing to get excited about as a Rockets fan right now. I know they have Green, but that's about it. Even at that, I don't think he moves the the needle in terms of marketability. Mm-hmm. Not yet. For the Thunder, no. For the Thunder, though, they have some they have some weapons and curious to see how that goes. All right. Okay. Are we getting to that next second question from you for you, Zach? Yeah. Well, just before we get into that, who's your top eight in the West? Uh, so I'm okay with everything as it stands from jazz warriors, like not in a specific order on this one. Though. No, no. Okay. So jazz warriors uh, are fine. Lakers are there. I think depending on the timeline of whenever Kawhi Leonard gets back, the Clippers will be back in there. Um, Memphis, yeah. Denver, yes. I'm not trusting the Kings. (laughs) 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 I just, I don't trust Sacramento. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Jazz, Warriors, Mavs, Grizzlies, 
Lakers, Nuggets, Suns, Clippers. I got Jazz, Suns, Lakers, Nuggets, Warriors, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Clippers. Yeah. So, all right. What's the next question? Hold on. Let me. Oh, this is a really, really easy one, but this goes into our music thing a little bit here, Zach. All right. Okay. If your life, if your life depended on this, who, who are you putting your money on to put a perfect ten on ten album out? Kanye West or Kendrick Lamar? Ten on ten album? Yeah. Kendrick. Okay. You? Kendrick. It's I would have said Kendrick. if you have asked me this question, maybe what? Pre Donda? Not even like. <laughs> what i'd say like four or five years ago i would have maybe have probably said kanye but yeah. now i have more hope for kendrick i just i feel like he i feel like he would spend more time in the studio and perfect it and get get it right while i i'm not saying kanye is not doing that but I feel like Kanye has his hands on too many things that he can't just focus on that album completely. And I don't think Kanye would delegate every all like everything. I think he would be the master of the controller. While I, I feel like Kendrick, while he might have final say on some things, he also probably has a little bit more trust in the individuals who he works with. Okay. I can I can understand that. Um I also trust much like you I, I don't know i feel like i feel like the money might like i prefer I, I prefer kendrick lamar in doing this yeah obviously um and i sound like i'm backtracking right now i know that too yeah. but i'm not um the thing is though when i'm looking at uh kanye west production uh features everything you would look for in the album experience i don't know i still kind of want to give that edge a little bit to Kanye West to like how he would produce and assemble the album. Sure. But then again, I'm just not going against Kendrick Lamar. Like I just, I refuse to do it. Uh, I got a better, I got another question for you. Yes. I want to one up you on this one. Okay. Who would have the better features on their album? Kanye. I think so too. Kanye. Yeah, I think so too. We saw what he just did for a studio, a stadium album. Like Kanye West. No, no, I agree. Um, yeah, and then I wonder if uh, actually because we've heard the Family Ties record, I wonder if and this is pure speculation. I have nothing to go with on this. But I just wonder if uh, Kendrick mentioning Kanye's name on that feature, maybe Kanye, maybe Kendrick felt a way about not being featured on that album. Could have. I mean, he might have been slighted a little bit. I know a couple of artists were a little slighted because A, they either weren't asked or B, they were asked, they recorded something and he didn't use it. AKA Chris Brown. Yeah. I just also wonder though, if you piss off too many people in the music industry, will people continuously come back to you and ask to be featured or or want to be featured in your albums? So I mean, that's the that's the creative aspect of it, though. And that's always tough because you've got to cut down your album to a certain length, especially today, man, because like 
four minute, five minute songs don't really come out that much anymore. So you're probably cutting out 30% to 40% of your features. What's your ideal time? 3.30. Really? Yeah, like right on the dot. Four is good. 4.30, you're getting to that. All right, like, I understand the, kind of the instrumentals and that's cool. And yeah. then after five, I'm like, there better be a wicked guitar solo or something. Because <laughs> I'm after. Well, Yeah, or just like you have to have a, like multiple features. Yeah, exactly. But even um, like, I always find like loaded features are never great. They're, well, they're no. good, but they're never spectacular. Uh, speaking of loaded features, tonight we get a bunch of new music. Just to Do it. highlight this quick. So a lot of these people are going to be on songs together. So just bear with me as we go through all the names. But tonight we're getting Kendrick Lamar, Travis Scott, Post Malone, The Weeknd, Bobby Shmurda, Corday, Snoop Dogg, ASAP Rocky, Ty Dolla Sign, Smino, Saba, YG, Emily Choppa, Polo G, D Smoke, Black, Key Glock, Amine, SZA, Nav, Kaylee Uchis, I'm almost done, K Flock, Lil Wayne, Silk Sonic, you know, Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars, Gunna, Lil Dirk, and Young Thug. Fire out. <laughs> That's fire. So. That should be interesting to listen to. Also, as we continue, and because there is football on, we should discuss the trade deadline a little bit. Yes. Side note, as we're going to talk about this, because free agents are going to be brought up now. Uh, Bengals claim were awarded uh, Texans cornerback Vernon Hargreaves off waivers. Deshaun Jackson is free to sign wherever he wants as he cleared waivers. And obviously the big one, Von Miller, now a Ram. Yeah, that was surprising to say the least. I did not expect him to get moved. Me neither, man. Me neither. It was the last thing I just, I don't know. But do you, if it was kind of fitting that it was the Rams. Yeah. I mean, Vaughn lives in LA too anyway, so that's right up the alley and it's perfect for him. What's the salary cap, by the way, in NFL football? Right. Actually, I'm no, no. I'm just joking. I'm saying, what is a salary cap? <laughs> it's okay because I don't. I think that it goes away the more picks you get rid of. Oh well, there you go. So, how many picks are now the Rams up to for next the year? Rams have three picks <laughs> next year, uh, and I don't think any any of them start before round four. Oh, and you know what the worst part is? They'll probably find a, a Pro Bowl player in round oh, four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Whoever they're going to get. Plus, they, they're just going to build from through free agency. I don't know if you saw – well, I did send you that update of – what's the Rams GM's name? Oh, um, shoot. Les – Les Sneed. Les Sneed, yeah. So Les Sneed's kids got him the, the mug of a picture of himself saying – fuck them picks like he's my coach. <laughs> uh, so yeah no uh i think that the rams are like hey we're in win now mode we're just gonna cash it all in and we're gonna get what we're gonna get out of this and hopefully the experience is great for the reward yeah i'm kind of stoked to see how vaughn lines up now but let's be also be cautious here this is not your pro bowl typical vaughn miller this is a weathered Von Miller. I'm expecting him to probably be in a rotation at some points of the game. Um, maybe some different packages, but 
adds to an already stacked team in LA. And I was shocked that the Arizona Cardinals did counteract that move. No, they just didn't make a counteractive move, right? Like they lost uh, JJ Watt and they didn't necessarily go out and replace them. Well, I might think the reason to that might be is this is going to be the Chandler Jones experience again. Mm-hmm. I think he's about to earn himself a contract and end up staying with Arizona possibly for the long term as a result of this. The other thing I thought, and clearly I was wrong because it did not come to fruition. I really thought that they would have made a push for Melvin Ingram. Considering yeah, I thought all, so too. All, all the Chiefs gave up was a six-round pick. Yeah, I agree. I, but maybe from a scheme, maybe from a scheme <clears throat> point of view, they didn't think he was a fit. I don't know. Fair enough. Or maybe even, you know, maybe they even asked Melvin, like, where do you want to go? And Casey was one of his options. I, I, I'm not too sure. I'm not, not too familiar with how that negotiation broke down. Absolutely. But I, I was just shocked that you think that after a loss like they had, Arizona would make a, another move. I guess they made their move in season by getting Ertz and they felt that that was a standstill and they didn't need to really improve the roster without looking from within first. Justifiable considering, I mean, you lost to Aaron Rodgers without his top three wide receivers, man. Yeah. And your, quarter, <laughs> and your quarterback's banged up now, which I don't think people are talking about as much. No, they're not. It's being left alone. I believe he participated in practice today. Uh, not 100% sure, but, you know, they're – well, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are banged up, and but on the other side, for their opponents, so are the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a third practice two weeks in a row now where Debo Samuel did not participate. And not for nothing, because we know it's Kyler's legs. Like, is it going to be more – pocket present Kyler because that could be detrimental to them, especially going into this game with right. Nick Bosa across the other side. Yeah, that's going to be a challenge for sure. For certain. I'm expecting them to probably to rely on the run game on this and this one, or at least for the next couple of weeks until Kyler can heal up. Before we go any further though, and since we're yep. sitting in the NFC West and we're staying with our trade deadline talk, uh, I posed the statement to you and it was really, really hard to come up with answers for compare for uh, comparison. Mm-hmm. So without seeing them play a game yet, are the Rams the greatest team on paper or the greatest defense on paper? I'll say no, just because of those defensive stalwarts that the freaking new England Patriots have had Fair. In, in, in past experience. And then, um, you got to look at like Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a great def- not last year, but I'm talking about in the early 2000s. They had a great defense. Johnson. Yeah, and we're not let let's not let's not forget about the the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. Right? Um. However, if you go by accolades, this is a very impressive group that I think deserves to be talked about. Now let's just see if this materializes and this play continues on the field. Zach, what's probably your favorite team on paper that either panned out or didn't pan out? Favorite team that didn't pan out was probably those dream team Eagles. 
you knew I was going to come up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, well, listen, better you than me. I <laughs> uh, actually, okay. Jokes aside, because you set me up for that one. Yeah, I know. I've had... Off the glass. There's been multiple Colts teams, though, that I thought could do it, and they just couldn't get it done against Brady. Um, but if I'm, I'm trying to take myself away, let, let me remove myself from the... I guess favoritism of the Colts and my fandom. Another team that I thought was going to break out and do something that just, it never came to fruition was probably, well, hmm, I'm just trying to think here. I honestly, I mean, even last year, I thought the Cardinals, the way they started last year were, were going to be better than they ended up playing fair enough i Um, I can understand that i mean yeah i i would say that the uh there's been a couple of packer teams that i could probably say too that rogers has had that i thought were a shoo-in candidate and and they ended up getting bested by seattle by the way we're we've i just named you a bunch of defenses i didn't even talk about legion of boom i know (laughs) I, I know another great defense right there. I was uh so yeah, I was gonna go with them. Uh, we've discussed the Baltimore Ravens, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, not for nothing. Once upon a time, not that far removed, uh, the Denver Broncos. Yes. Uh, yep. Very very talented. Uh, Bears defense has been a staple for them for ever, and we've seen some legendary shit out of them. Steelers. Uh, Steelers. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, I was just curious of that uh, thought aspect for, for um, you know, just for, for context yeah. and conversation. No, definitely. What about you? Like, any any other team that you thought <laughs> overperformed or or maybe met your expectations or didn't meet your expectations? Yeah, so obviously that dream team Eagles didn't meet my expectations <laughs> at all. Fucking heartbreaking that fucking season, man. Uh team that I really, really liked, you know, didn't really do as, didn't do terrible, but didn't do what I thought they would do. Um, I'm going to go all the way back to 2006, and I'm going to talk about the 2006 Chiefs. Um, yeah. Priest Holmes, Dustin Colquitt as the punter, obviously. Trent Green, Tom Bahali, uh, Derek Johnson, Dante Hall, Jared Allen, Bernard Pollard as the safety, Tony G., like the names go on and on. Rod Gardner, Ty Law. Uh, I was a really, I, I really liked that roster once again on paper. And that's underperforming, still like nine and six, but you know, tough division still. And I believe the Broncos were in their prime time and Phillip Rivers was Phillip Rivers at that. Oh, I was yeah. actually. I was going to say that, to be honest. It's funny you just mentioned Philip Rivers. Another guy I was going to talk about, um, Chargers. They had some teams that I really thought were going to do something, especially in, I think it was 2006. Yeah. Yeah. When They went 14-2. and two. And Rivers played that game on his torn ACL, I believe. Yeah. That one was, I, that, that team I actually thought could do it, but lo and behold. Somebody else prevailed. 
Yeah. I wonder I wonder who. I mean, if we look through history, there's a name that comes up repetitively a couple times there, right? So <laughs> uh yeah, they beat them twenty-four to twenty-one in that game. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, they've to me, they're another team that I don't think has ever quite made the jump as expected. It, to be honest though, you could even make a you make a good case that the Rams should be in more Super Bowls than they have been in the last couple of years. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, you would think that, I mean, they've had good playoff runs over the mm-hmm. past couple of years, even that, man. They went through their downtime, I believe, ever since that 2002 Super Bowl till Sean McVay came in and drafted Jared Goff and started changing the ways of the organization and how the philosophy of offensive play calling was called. Yeah. And, you know, the, they're, they're a couple plays away. They're really like two scores away from winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. And once again, somebody else halted them from that chance. <laughs> so because we brought up Philip Rivers before, um, is Philip Rivers going to be a saint before the season's over? No, no, he will not be. <laughs> no, he will not be. I, I'm pretty confident that they're going to roll with Taysom Hill. Okay. At least in the meantime, I did think maybe they'd give Cam a call. Okay. And then they refuted that too. Yeah. I thought, I thought maybe they might, but you paid this much money for, for Taysom Hill. Let him go. Yeah. Let's let him try it. See what happens. And if it doesn't work out, then just cut your losses next season or try to figure out how to use them properly. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Carrying a lot. I got, I got one last thing though, to add to that. If you're the saints next year, who do you target? Are you targeting a rookie quarterback or are you going with, or are you going with maybe an older experience? I am doing one of two things. So we know that the quarterback class going forward, like into next year anyways, isn't really that spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll probably make my push at Rogers, Deshaun, or even Jimmy G. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's I, kind of where my thought is on this one. I think Sean Payton needs an, a veteran quarterback. I don't really see him grooming a, a rookie. Uh, my s- next question. Do we see Odell Beckham in a Browns uniform again? No. Okay. I'm going to say no to that. Um, I think... At the end of the day, I think when it comes to next year, Odell will end up uh, – he might be a saint when it's all said saint. and done. That's kind of what I'm thinking right now. I got saints. I think it was with you as discussing saints, lions, or – I don't know if to lions. Well, listen, I don't think it's going to be by choice. I think it's going to be a trade. Oh, true. Okay. Remember, there's still a lot of money into this contract, right? So, um, uh, uh, Saints, especially because now Michael Thomas, I don't know what the future is going to hold for that. Saints, Lions. I think the Raiders might be interested. Maybe Oakland. Uh, Vegas, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think they might be interested. At the end of the day, though, I think he wants, he'll probably want to go somewhere where he can 
still remain marketable. How about this one? What if he ends up in San Fran? That'd be wicked. And I think Kyle Shanahan would use him tremendously with Trey Lance. But I don't really see the need for it with Debo Samuel and possibly Brandon Ayuk breaking out of that sophomore slump in the third year. Yeah, that would be contingent on if they don't think that Brandon Ayuk is the real deal. Right. But something I would throw out there, and if I was to say, I'm trying to look for a young quarter. I mean, any young quarterback, I think they could probably. But I I don't think, personally, I don't think you, he should go to a place where there's a young quarterback. He needs a veteran QB who knows how to handle a situation like that. So, for example, wherever Rodgers goes, maybe Odell should kind of take note of that and follow yeah. suit. Flight to Denver. Um, yeah, if if Tampa decides that maybe they have to move one of Godwin or Evans, maybe he could slide there in Tampa. Yeah, no, that just doesn't sound fun for any defense between either Godwin, Evans, Odell, Gronkowski, and Brown. Still, <laughs> well, well, I would, I would, ima- <laughs> I would no, imagine no, that they're all staying. Remember, this. they're top yeah, taking, yeah, all taking pay cuts. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of any other, like, which and what's another wide receiver? I mean, the if wide they want team, what if the Colts give them a call? I was going to say the Jets too. I don't see the Jets. They're pretty. They're pretty set on wide receiver. It True, seems. but uh, who knows? Who knows? And the thing is, and, and you just alluded to it before, is you have to trade for him most likely. Now, right. if you if you were to cut him, that'd be a different story. But to trade for him, like there's only probably going to be a handful of teams that could probably afford him. Fair enough. I think the Casey Chiefs would definitely be interested in him for the right price. Zach, we're going to test your football knowledge a little bit here. Oh, God. Let's do it. Don't worry. It's nothing crazy. Not that long long ago, Patrick Mahomes was drafted. Number 10 overall. Do you remember the four players that went before him? Oh, absolutely not. The four players before him? Four players before him. Nope, I don't. Which teams? Okay. The Jets? The Chargers, the Panthers, the Bengals. No, I'm not going to get this. The Jets took a defensive player. Yep. They took a, if, if I'm not mistaken, they took, did they take a defensive end? No. No? They took somebody who's currently no longer on the team. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't, Yeah, no, I'm actually, I'm, I'm blanking on this one. Okay. What do we have here? So at six, the New York Jets took Jamal Adams. Ah, yes, that's right. And then he went to Seattle. Yeah. At okay. seven, the Chargers took Mike Williams. Okay, which I at the time I thought was a reach. At eight, the Panthers took Christian McCaffrey. Oh, my God. I didn't know this. Oh, man, I forgot all these guys. And what's the Bengals? John Ross, the current New York Giant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so my my very big question for you is which one of those teams suffered the most pain in missing out in Patrick Mahomes? Well, we all know which one did. 
Um, the Jets. No. <laughs> I, I, you can make the argument for Bengals, but like I, I know it's been. I know Joe. Joe looks nice right now, but okay. How about this? If uh, you were to, let's say, <laughs> let's say you had to place, let's say you knew the roster construction of all those teams right now, so you know like oh. who their quarterback is, and you decide to ISA. <laughs> yeah so you decide to basically slot him in on one of those four teams but you have to inter- oh. it's, it's, it's interchangeable so for example like carolina like carolina wouldn't have mccaffrey but they would have patty mahomes like got it how like how would you see that okay so wait let's think about this first At so that time, I, yeah. carolina still had Cam Newton, they're right. coming off the year from the Super Bowl, so no ch- no choice. They had to take Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah, so I to me right away they're they're done. They're out of there. Who was the Jets quarterback that year? Oh, was, no, 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 no. Who was the Jets quarterback before Sam Darnold? <laughs> oh man, good. Wasn't Sanchez? He was gone. Yeah, was Fitzpatrick. Oh, oh, was yeah, yeah right, it was Fitzpatrick. Right, right there. Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. Right there, I would have gone with Mike Williams over Keenan Allen. I mean, over John Ross. Sorry. Yeah, but and their safety, I believe. But the Chargers at the time had Philip Rivers, right? Right. But I think he is already off the board. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is already off the board. So now my my next question is, and that's what I want to know, is who was the Chargers safety in 2016? Do you could you imagine how different that AF where the AFC East would be today if Patrick Mahomes would have been there? Okay, here we go. Wide receivers, corners, DBs. Here we go. You had Adrian Phillips and Dexter McCauley. So, yeah, I, you could have gone with Jamal Adams right there as a perfect fit. Yeah. Mike Williams would then. Probably... No, I think everybody kind of slotted into the right spot that they well, ended I mean, up because. <laughs> especially John, John, uh, Jamal Adams and John Ross because they're both currently no longer with those teams. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> all, we're also looking at hindsight, but at the time, right. like Bengals needed. Uh, did they need a receiver? If I'm not mistaken, I think they actually did have good receivers, and I thought John Ross was a. Reach. Yeah, I think they still had Tyler Boyd. Yeah, and they had another. They had AJ Green. Yeah. So uh, yes, that's right. And then they got they brought in Ross, and they were like, "Well, what's going on here? Why are we adding a third receiver?" To yeah, exactly. A team that has multiple holes already but everybody this is and we've we talked about this in our draft episodes it seems like everybody's looking for Tyreek Hill but there's only one Tyreek Hill yeah no you're not gonna find him because you're not supposed to no that's it and like sure Debo is probably the closest thing right now to Tyreek Hill but it's still a different player (laughs) well I mean yes exactly it's a different player and I believe I don't know, man. I just think Tyreek Hill's a prototype one of one. They 
a lot of teams have tried that. Nice run. Uh, a lot of teams have tried to do that, but we've seen that a lot where teams like right now, everybody's trying to find the next Keenan Allen. The next Keenan Allen might be Devontae Adams already or following in suit. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of going like that, whether it's route running feet, the style of the weapon, but like, and I understand why Le'Veon Bell now got picked off when Joe Mixon was there with the single arm sleeve doing the ball drop like he led. Like yeah. we we know we know that old saying. Um, the greatest form of appreciation is mimicking. So it just speaks more to Tyreek Hill than anything else. Yeah, oh, man. Well, Zach, I, time to talk football. You've been pushing it off a little bit there. Time to talk Colts football. I just listen. We're not going to stay long here because the Colts are playing right now, and this game shouldn't be seven seven. But here we are. <laughs> just give me a quick, quick thought analysis of how you felt from the game on Sunday. It started great. They got off to a fourteen to nothing uh, start. The tech, uh, sorry, the Titans who they were playing, they had two stalled drives they actually they turned the ball over on one of them everything looked good and then the turning point of the whole game was frank reich's aggressive play calling and going for it on fourth and i believe it was fourth and three if i'm not mistaken You're correct, it was fourth and three. Yeah, Carson gets to the line, snaps the ball, and throws it right where there's a pocket of sun. (laughs) It's just one single little pocket of sun that he had already tried to throw to, I believe it was Pittman, on that same drive where he he didn't see it. And he goes back to that side where there's three people around and he oversails the ball right over the guy's head. Turnover on downs. Titans didn't let up after that. Frustration level through the roof. They tied the game 14-14 and proceeded to take the lead. Colts come back. Comes down to Colts get the ball in the last, what, two, three minutes of that game. And in the end zone, Carson decides to hold it just a wee bit too long, avoids some pressure, but then eventually tries to get rid of it, falling on his back foot with his left hand, throws an interception, pick six. Now, Chase, we discussed this in hindsight. It was the right move to make. Yeah, but I don't think he was actually trying for that. <laughs> well, I mean, actually, yeah, I don't think he was trying for that. No, in hindsight, it is the right move because then it's the safety and they still get the ball back. Ball right? back, exactly. So, yeah, you kind of got to swallow that pill a little bit. You just wish that Kevin Byard wasn't right there. Yeah, well, then let's fast forward. Colts get the ball back, march it down the field, score a touchdown, tie the game, and bring it to overtime. Huge, huge drive by Michael Pittman on that, too. The Colts have two, not one, but two opportunities to at least put up some points. First drive fails miserably. Uh, 
Carson actually, if it was it that drive or was it, I think it was the, the drive before, but Carson actually got picked and thankfully it was brought back because of a penalty. I think that was actually in regulation. Um, gets to overtime, first drive, nothing. Titans get the ball back. Colts defense comes up big, makes a stop, gives it back to Carson and in triple coverage tries to throw once again and gets picked off. I don't know who I was more frustrated at, Carson Wentz or Frank Wright. Because, yes, I know Carson's the one that's throwing the ball. And, you know, if he overthrows or underthrows a ball, that, that's on him. But the play calling this year, the super aggressive play calling has, in most cases, in previous seasons, it's been great. It, it's actually benefited us. But this year, it has been the worst it's taken a huge turn for the worst and because of that the Colts are sitting at what three and five or three and six right now correct three and five three and five yeah they could have probably have won two games like the game against the game against the Titans they should have won and then the game against Baltimore that they blew if that's the case you're looking at a five and three a five and three team Heading into playing the Jets. Mm-hmm. So a potential six and three team. Mm-hmm. My question, and it's not really to you, but it's really to the organization, is are are we satisfied with where we are right now? Because as a fan, I'm not. I don't think that this is I don't think that this is a, a team that's living up to the expectations. I know they've had injury history, but guess what? Newsflash, every team has had injury problems this year. And to be honest, it's it's only a, an excuse you can use for so long. Eventually, guys will get healthy, but you have to play up to your potential or up into your standards. Uh, unless you were on the Philadelphia Eagles roster between 2017 and <laughs> 2021. <laughs> Except for that asterisk, like well, those four years. Yeah. You said that, not me. <laughs> um, it, no, I, at the end of the day, like you had high expectations and your co- this coach went to bat. Let's not forget, Tom Brady apparently was interested. And it was Frank Reich's decision, I guess, through also consulting with um, Chris Ballard, that... He would rather much. He'd much rather have Philip Rivers over Tom Brady because he knew how familiar Philip Rivers, Rivers was, was. Was yes, with the offense, and he knew how he knew his thought process. And there was also questions. That, let's be honest, and it's every year. There's always questions about Tom Brady's health, and you know when is he going to decline, and all that. But not for nothing, going in with that year, though, going into that year as well. Um, you know, Tom's arm didn't look the greatest like, towards the end of the season. No, like he didn't have the strength of the power to throw the ball 30 yards. He looked very end of Drew Brees esque. No. So, and again, I don't really, I don't, I mean, obviously in hindsight, you, you wish that that decision could have been done differently, but I don't think like that decision never really bothered me. What bothered me afterwards was going into this year, you have a chance at a Matthew Stafford. 
who I find is super underrated, I would have taken Matthew Stafford over Carson Wentz any day of the week. But once again, the the willingness of familiarity with Frank Reich of a player that he's known to get the most out of him over like that that trumps actual skill set and player development right well not player development but an actual good quarterback you know what i mean like it so basically what i'm trying to say is long story short through this rambling that i'm doing if this season goes wrong i think frank rick might be in trouble i think that's a fair assessment and this is a guy who just signed a contract extension yeah i think that's a fair assessment i just but I don't think he'll be in that much trouble. I think we're also going to look at the the extraneous circumstances. So, one, the vaccine shit from Carson, the double ankles, just just the whole of it. So, two I, sprains, two sprains, man, <laughs> <laughs> two sprains. Yeah. So <laughs> that was a good shot. But no, I think if you look at the whole of it and then you just look at the help of the offensive line and how long it took everything to start to get like actually rolling, rolling, where we see like these big gashes of Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines going on these runs, runs tonight. Mind you, it's against the Jets, but hey, like that's still not a bad defense. But I think there's a lot of little, little things. And I think I understand your your um, your want for more, especially with Frank Reich and how Carson is looking currently mm-hmm. but i will say that i think with frank seeing carson's ceiling in 2017 not that long ago i think frank's like we can get that back and i think that's ultimately why i'm not saying that carson is better yeah. than stafford in like the hindsight of the careers they're right very different things and Carson's book has not been written as long as Stafford's but I will admit that a part of me if I was Frank too would probably look and be like gotta get that old thing back for sure and look I know he had a a brutal game and it cost us the victory but he hasn't been bad this season he has actually um for in my for my standards he's actually impressed me with some of his decision makings it seems like it's gotten better there's been, you know, other other areas too that have helped. But Go, going but, into that game, uh, sorry to shut cut yeah. out, but like going into that game, he only had one interception. Absolutely, like but, and that's the guy who we were talking about last year who was leading the league in interceptions. Yes, but and this is what I keep saying: the indecisiveness with the ball sometimes, or just holding on to the ball for too long. It gets him into trouble, yeah. and I find when he plays well-structured defenses, it really shows. Mm-hmm. I, I find if you have a defensive coordinator who structures their game plan around around this and can actually execute it, he struggles. And I think that's going to be something that it might take a while for him to work on, and I don't even know if he, it, he will eventually get past that. I'm By hoping... <laughs> The yeah. Colts alone are going to screw me on my bet tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Thanks, Jetsies. Yep. I will say this, though. Got to give the ball to Jonathan Taylor more often. He only had 16 carries for 70 yards. No biggie last game. I want to give him – I say 
give him more carries. They got away from the run game last game, and it ended up hurting them. So that's something that definitely needs to be resolved. Fair enough. I don't want to talk about the Colts any uh, much longer. What do you got here? What do you? So we can get into Aaron Rodgers being immunized. Or... I don't uh, want to touch that one. I but I do want to say what a comeback victory for the Packers. Yeah, uh, when the odds against him, he you know gets that W over the Cardinals, missing his top three wide receivers, and. One of the most legendary meme moments that we've ever seen come to life. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, this Aaron Rodgers is a different animal. And if this is the last dance, he's definitely done his thing to show why he should be highlighted in that light in that organization. He's special. I love watching the guy play. He, <laughs> his mechanics are awesome. He looks like he's having fun. You can see the competitiveness to win. If it doesn't work out in Green Bay, I hope he. I hope he doesn't retire. I hope he's got another one or two more seasons left in him. But just give him a good team. I want. I want to see Aaron Rodgers with a good defense behind him. I concur, and a plethora of weapons around him would be great. Not just Devontae Adams and that's uh, it. Aaron Jones. Yeah, <laughs> asterisks with Aaron Jones, but hey. Um, we're gonna keep it moving right along. We're gonna go through these really, really quickly because. Yeah, you probably want to get into this game a little bit more, eh? Uh, no, that's okay. We can. I mean, I don't know. We, we'll yeah. We can mosey we'll along. Can. Yeah, Patriots Chargers. <laughs> uh, what's going well, on? While we're going into the deep, while we're going to the deep dive, uh, Patriots Chargers. Patriots one twenty seven twenty four final. I Mac Jones has arrived. I guess. Mm, I wouldn't say that. I mean, or was that he, the implosion of the? Chargers defense's yes uh, health. I, I think it's more of the implosion of the Chargers defense health. I mean, Damian Harris was fantastic. He ran all over the field. 80 23 yards, carries, touchdown. 80 yards, one TD. My question to you, though, is, okay, we saw the first half of the season, well, first half, I guess the first four games of the season, one side of the Chargers team. Now we're seeing a different size. What, where do you see this? Like, where do you see this team? Are they, are they playing – up to their is 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 this the ceiling for them? Are they a five hundred team? Where where do you see the Chargers? Is this just growing pains too? I think coach? it's more like, so. Nobody wants to talk pains. about that. I think it's, I think it's more so growing pains as they still get used to Brandon Staley. I do think that we've seen what that offense can be like as a ceiling. Mm-hmm. I also think we're just getting the glimpse of the floor. Yeah, um, which isn't bad. Still, I mean, even their losses haven't been like massacres. Mm-hmm. So. I think I think they are who we think they are. I think they are a really real contender. I just think that they're getting the use to having to grab the bulls by the horns. Yeah, I agree. I would love to see them add another weapon though to this offense yes. next year. One more back. Either a back, or even any a tight end. I mean, to be honest, a tight end would be great, or or just even another receiver. Yeah, um, maybe somebody, maybe a little speed receiver too, just a. Burner, Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams aren't the quickest two guys. We'll say that. I mean, they're they're quick, but not not something that would change a, a different element of this offense. We're gonna move right along from there to another game that happened at four o'clock. 
Um, Saints Bucks. Saints look good. I know. Despite that's... losing Jameis for the year. Yeah. Um, quick question for you. Yes. Alvin Kamara. He's going to be the QB. No. Okay. <laughs> yes. <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> yes. You might be right, though. Uh, Alvin Kamara, going forward, if you're a fantasy owner, do you look to trade him? Knowing uh, that Taysom Hill might be? I would have said yes before, but I think the fact that I'm looking at the injuries of mm-hmm. – um, I'm sorry, uh, Michael Thomas not returning, uh, mm-hmm. Jameis Winston not being there. You know, you've added Mark Ingram to the running game, but you're still going to need more help of receiver if you're spread out thin. No, I think that this is a perfect time to capitalize on Alvin Kamara, and especially if you're in a half PPR. Yeah, uh, I would say hold on him because Mark Ingram, like you said, he's going to be backing him up. I'm I'm gonna expect a little bit more uptake in rushing yards for Ingram and mm-hmm. carries, but I could see Kamara being more involved in the passing game. I really super entertained um just doing that stack mm-hmm. of Ingram and Kamara, because why not? We know they're both gonna carry the ball and Kamara's gonna get the receiving option too. I thought the Saints did a great job, by the way, of pressuring Tom Brady this week. Amazing. Amazing. It won't be talked about enough, but that's exactly how you're supposed to beat the Bucks. Put the pressure up front uh, without blitzing if you can, but get them moving, get them uncomfortable in that pocket, as it's always been. Bucks are on by this week, which will definitely help them because I could see I could see Gronk probably healing back up and getting ready to get out there in, in a week or so. Fair enough. What else you got? Uh, okay. This isn't really a question, but if I would have told you the score to the Rams Texans and (laughs) the score to the Seahawks Jags, would you thought those matched up for a reminder? Uh, (laughs) One score was 38 to 22. The other one was 31 to seven. Would you like to guess which one was which? (laughs) I would have said the opposite between the both of them, but uh, (laughs) you know, good on the Seahawks. They came out and they came out firing. Uh, Tyler Lockett still exists. People, people forget so. about him, but apparently so. <laughs> Seahawks are they're coming. Uh, as soon as as soon as Russ is back, the team's going to be deadly. They come back with a vengeance. Uh, okay, so my last team that I want to discuss, or the last game I want to discuss, is Vikings Cowboys. And I know the Cowboys were without Dak Prescott, but which which team has more said about them in this game was it the vikings in their full health of roster or the cowboys without their actual leader i'm gonna say the vikings that it was more said about the vikings because i mean we've talked about this i think we weren't sold on them yeah yeah (laughs) from the (laughs) get-go yeah (laughs) we were both kind of like i I don't know how to gauge this team It, it seems like they're they're losing each really good team by like close scores but then they have a dud of a game where the team that they're playing against doesn't have their number one quarterback and they just couldn't get anything on offense going. Um, I will say that the Dallas Cowboys do look like a, probably one of the 
better teams in the NFC. I, I'm talking about top teams. In the per, NFC. Perennial powerhouse. We can we can say it right now. Yeah, but still a long season, and I'm not going to. It's not that I'm going to say I'm not going to give them the division yet, but I'm not going to give them the automatic uh, Super Bowl contender in the NFC label just yet. I still think that the LA Rams are better and a healthy Arizona Cardinals team is better than them. Not to mention, I think the Bucks too, as well. Yeah. Last but not least, this question is going to be summed up really simple. Oh, wait, sorry. I just want to give a shout out to Cooper Rush because oh, that it was is. pretty fun. That was a pretty fun ride. His parents come to every single game and watch their son just be a backup and not play. That's pretty cool. Cooper Rush looks like he could be in a story about Carson Wentz. <laughs> um, well, or Andy Dalton, yeah. where, however you want to take it. Last but not least, really, really quick question. Uh, what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? What's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Trying to do too much. Keep it simple. It's very, I, I don't know. I find it. Uh... Zach, what happened there? Where's Carson? <laughs> 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 uh, we do th- we do where, things differently wh- wh- where's Carson Wentz why, uh, he's got snaps to play look at me making your football game about my draft pick um, <laughs> Zach anything else you want to discuss oh nice pitch damn it yeah. there goes my bet <laughs> anything else you want to get into brother Nope, pretty much that's it. I mean, Mahomes can't really add much more to that. I think the Chiefs are in trouble as far as I'm concerned, and I'm curious to see how they're going to dig themselves out of a hole. But uh, I don't think everything. I don't think everything is a a shoe in with the Chiefs this year. I think you have to remove the fact that yes, they have a dynamic offense, but their defense is struggling when deciding. Ferocious. We're going to see deciding, how that looks. Well. We're going to see how that looks on Sunday with the addition of Melvin Ingram. Unfortunately, we won't really get a good gauge because it was announced that Jordan Love will be the starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I just want to give a quick shout out. I know they didn't play this week, but the Raiders, Derek Carr. I feel for this man. I think he is. I think he's a great human being. I don't know him personally, but. Just judging by the way he's handled both situations this year, there's been a lot of turmoil that's happened with that organization in the last, what, month, month and a half, two months. Uh, He's been a stand-up guy. I think he's been a leader. And if, if by any chance, this is the end of the road for him as a Raider after this season, I think any team would be lucky to pick him up and he would definitely flourish. He kind of gives me Matthew Stafford vibes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, teammate of the year, in my opinion, Derek Carr, standing up for people even in their lowest moments and not condemning them when it's you know easy to kick people when they're down in a world that like for some reason that's the way we like to go about things. Um, and whoever, was, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, he was just—he was very honest and truthful, and you, you know, like you can tell how emotional he was. He looked like he was about to cry when he was talking about the Harry, the Henry Rudd situation. For sure. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, obviously there's nothing to defend in the actions of Henry Ruggs. 
but at the end of the day, and I said this to you, like, he's still a kid, like 22. And yep. I, and it's unfortunate that this mistake has happened out of his own hand and by his um, own doing, but he's going to be affected by this and live with this shit for the rest of his life too, man. And that's not going to be an easy bout either. Like that's the constant reminder will be there. So um, shout, shout out to Derek Carr for being <clears throat> just being who he is. And guys, if you're ever stuck in a situation or you're starting your day <clears throat> and you're confused by something and how you should approach the approach a situation, just ask yourself what Derek Carr would do. Yeah, um, that's actually great. No, honestly, that was great advice there. I can't, can't say that better than that right there. We need, we do need more humans like Derek Carr on this earth, man. Like, cause absolutely. Yeah. Do you, and I'll say this too. Do you think the way that he saw his brother get treated has also helped him grow? Because like not for nothing, but um, David Carr had a very rough NFL experience. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure David kind of, well, I'm sure Derek was very vigilant on how to handle himself as a pro and, and, you know, see the way that the, how how people could turn their backs on on an NFL player very quickly but at the same time too like I'm sure David probably gave him a lot of wisdom and advice on hit like oh sorry a lot of knowledge and advice on how he should handle certain situations and absolutely good for him a- absolutely and not for nothing and we go back to the statement that we said earlier into our podcast where you know the NFL season like a lot of things happen and a lot of things are emphasized because like it's under this magnifying glass mm-hmm. and even like it's really, really messed up to think like the only thing media wise that's changed for us in the benefit of the NFL, not like the technology or the speed of the game or anything is the direct access to information that we have right to our hands. Mm-hmm. And I think that emphasizes the Henry Ruggs situation because had this had happened in, in, at any other time without the technology we, we have today, uh, we wouldn't know about this like this right now. No. You know, like it, it would, it would be different. And sometimes like both parties would get time to probably um, wind down like both parties. I mean, obviously the family of the deceased and Henry Ruggs himself right now. Um, I'm not going to, shit on somebody at their lowest point no prayers to all parties involved no that's the only way i could really think to handle this because i can't imagine what either the groom like the grieving side or henry ruggs himself is going through in the realization that like it's it could be gone in the snap like now mm-hmm. absolutely and lastly i mean to close this let's go with a little thoughts and prayers to the uh, victim and Absolutely. their family involved. Absolutely. On that note. Yep. I think it's the uh, wrap up time. Any, anything, anything uh, excite you coming in for next week's NFL season? Or next? Oh, I'm going to get a quick glimpse this of week's this week's. Uh, yes. Yeah. This week's. I'm going to get a, just, just a quick glimpse of some of the games going into week nine. Obviously we currently have the Colts jets. Colts up 14 to 7. Um, 7. 21-7. 21-7. Sorry. Pardon me. Make, yes, make sure My we bad. know this. <laughs> My bad. 21-7. My bad. Um, 
I am probably looking forward to out of the one o'clock slate, the Bengals Browns. I was going to say Bengals Browns looks like it's going to be a banger. Panthers game might pique my interest if McCaffrey is back for uh, that one. Yeah, that that one too. Uh, I'm less interested in Packers Chiefs now, but I will check out Niners Cardinals again. Yep. Rams Titans is going to be great at the eight thirty. Mm-hmm. And around four or five, I may disappear off of all platforms as the Eagles probably get spanked by the Chargers. Um, <laughs> side note, full disclosure, listeners, last week I was convinced that the Eagles would lose to Detroit, and I actually threw money on the Detroit Lions money line. <laughs> no faith, no faith. <laughs> hey, listen, it worked out in my favor. We won, so. Yeah, that's true. Hey, maybe bet against the uh Better against yeah, the Eagles maybe, again? Yeah, maybe you guys get a little run going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Might hurt the wallet, but I'll, at least... Chargers money line? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, Can I'll, you do those little $1, $2 bets? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just keep on. <laughing>. Oh, <laughs> uh, What about you, Zach? Anything you, you're really looking forward to this weekend? Football-wise, let me see. No, I think we covered it mostly. I, I got a little... I'm curious to see how the Vikings Ravens game goes just because we just talked about how Atrocious underwhelmed. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. But not only that, like we just, we don't know where they're, where they are right now in the season. I, if the Vikings come out and beat the Ravens in Baltimore, this team becomes more of an unknown as far as I'm concerned. And then, Do I, and then we get to the age old question. What the fuck is going on with the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah. And yeah. then, Another game that I think I'm going to be watching, I'm not going to be really watching it just because it's going to be brutal, but it has a lot of pick implications is the Dolphins Texans game. I really need the Detroit Lions to win a game just to make sure that they don't just walk away with the first overall pick next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But besides that, I think Cardinals Niners is going to be where I'm turning my TV yeah. to at the 425 slot. Um, I might tune into the Chiefs Packers game just because I'd like to see how Jordan Love. I, to be honest, I'm actually pulling for Jordan Love. Yeah, I'm curious for how he's going to look. I just don't think that this is the most. Um, I don't think he's. Mm. This is the best prepared situation to be thrown into. No, not best prepared, but this might be the best defense to be thrown against too right now. That's a great point too. Actually, <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> we still haven't seen the tandem of Chris Jones and Melvin Ingram like. No, that's that defense. That's that offensive line. So, and, but we and, do know how bad that secondary is. Yeah, and I'm looking for him. Let's. It's going to be make it simple. So basically, look up if Devonte Adams is not open. Dump it, it off, off to. <laughs> yeah, dump it off to Jones. Just a little <laughs> quick pass. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious to see how that game's going to go. And then, like I said, the Niners cards game. I'm going to be dialed in for that one just because I feel a lot like, of the implications there. I feel like Trey Lance season's upon us sooner rather than later. A lot of implications this, there. If cards, if the cards game gets a little ugly right away, might see a quick change to the quarterback situation. Has Trey Lance uh, been good to play? I think he has actually. Okay. Hold on a second. I want to double check before I say yes to that. Obviously, if you type in Trey Lance. It's what Joe Montana said today. I think he's good to go. Okay. I think he is. I'm not 100% sure, but 
I think he's good to go. Oh, one last congratulations. Hove. Yes. Um, Jay-Z got indicted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. He had his intro speech done by Barack Obama and Dave Chappelle. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) And as a result of it, the long-affiliated Rockefeller beef might be over and might have finally squashed it with Dame. That's good. Um, Congratulations, Hove. Oh, and congratulations, LL Cool J, for also being mm-hmm. in, uh, introduced. Ladies love Cool J. Yep. On that note, this is the Two Point Culture, and we out. Peace.